Your healthy radio addiction starts now. Power to the people! The Laura Ingram Show. Welcome to the Laura Ingram Show, your healthy radio addiction. I'm John Hinderocker from Powerline, filling in for Laura today. And we are joined right now by Congressman Jason Lewis of Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District. Jason, thanks for being with us. Well, it's just becoming an addiction, John, I guess, right? <laughs> you can't help it. Jason, I, I want to just take a, take a minute to introduce you to uh, our listeners who, who may not be familiar with your career. Uh, but you were a radio talk show host for how many years? Oh, almost 25 and I think by anyone's standard, uh, uh, you're a solid conservative. You and I have been friends for a long time, and I can certainly vouch for that. Yeah, that I am. I mean, I came up uh, with, with uh, the, the era of talk radio, if you will. I grew up in the Reagan era. It's sort of uh, interesting, John. We're now talking about the 38th parallel and Pan Moon John again, the things you and I learned when we were kids, or things change and more they stay the same. But that's the era we grew up in, the Cold War. That sort of thing, Reagan conservatives. Um, but I have found that when people ask you, what kind of conservative are you? Uh, you can never really answer that question adequately. So I've just taken to answering that I'm a Jason Lewis conservative the way John Hinderocker is a John Hinderocker conservative. You're never going to agree on a hundred percent. So stick with your gut sometimes. Yeah. And last fall, after a career in business and then in uh, talk radio, you got elected to uh, to Congress, which gives you, I think, kind of a unique perspective. And I guess I want to start, Jason, by just asking, what is it like going from being a, a talk radio host uh, to being a congressman? Yeah, well, you know, it's a little bit like, um, you know, transforming a country from a dictatorship to a republic. I mean, in the studio, you control everything and you can... You can put out philosophy, and you can be a purist, and you can do all the things that, that I did for so many years that think tanks like yours and Powerline Blog do every day, which is absolutely crucial. But when you get to Congress, you realize real quick there are in the House 434 other Type A personalities who all think things ought to be done exactly their way. And so it's the old Reagan maxim. You simply say, okay, I'm not going to get everything I want, but I've got to move the needle, and if I get 80%, I'm going to support that. Uh, if it's moving in the wrong direction, I'm not going to support it. And so that, that's the, the, that and the fact that 25-year-olds really are running the country, probably the two biggest things that uh, you learn when you get there. But they're very bright 25-year-olds, John. Now, let's elaborate on that a little bit, Jason. Well, who are the 25-year-olds who are uh, who are running the country? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a joke on Capitol Hill, but the, the, the rents are so extremely out of whack in Washington, D.C. That's where all the money's going, and that, that's the perfect Keynesian uh, program. All the money's going, it's increasing demand, and nobody can afford to buy an apartment or rent an apartment for under $3,000 a month. So the only people that can afford to do that are people that are willing to live with four or five other people on Capitol Hill. And who would that be? Kids out of college. Now, I say that in jest. The fact is there are a ton of young people, and one of the pleasant surprises has been just how many bright young people there are on the Hill, and to be fair, on, on both sides of the aisle. And they have very important jobs on committee staffs, on congressional staffs, and they get to it each and every day. And that has been um, very gratifying to see that, quite frankly, if you want some reinforcement on the future of the country. Um, they're working hard, and they're very bright. 
there are some great young conservatives uh, coming up through the ranks. You're absolutely right about that. Jason, you've been around for a long time as a very sophisticated observer of the political scene. So is there anything about Washington that has surprised you or about being in Congress that has surprised you compared to what you might have expected? Well, not a whole lot, um, John. I think the, the, the struggle is always, um, I think, distinguishing the difference from being productive and just being busy. I mean, your days are so hectic from the first time, the first time, uh, moment you get up in the morning till late in the evening. And, and as you and I have talked over the years, it is true. 99% of the people that come and see you want something. Very few people come and say, Hey, you know what, John, as a member of Congress, please just follow the Constitution, reduce government, reduce spending and taxes and regulation. Um, that's an anomaly in Washington. So you, you've, you've got to, especially right now, view the prism or view the ask through the $20 trillion debt, through an overregulated society, through a country that's stretched too thin, demographic changes, and that's that's the big challenge. Um, the other thing that, that I suppose, to be perfectly honest, surprises me a little bit is, uh, I wouldn't say, I don't mean political in an ideological sense, but I mean just how political everyone is. You've known me for a number of years, and I can be kind of a smart aleck. It's part of the, it's an occupational hazard from being on the radio, right? Yep. So many people in the consultancy class walk on eggshells in Washington. They're afraid of their own shadow for for the political fallout, and that's Democrat and Republican. And at, at, at times, I guess, coming in from the outside, and I think you'd have the same experience, you just want to say, hey, just lighten up a little bit, you know, just, just lighten up a little bit. And it's very difficult for people who think they're saving the world to do that sometimes. And so that's – in fact, you gave me a really, really good piece of advice in the middle of the campaign. I won't reveal it here, but it was something like, um, you know, be yourself, Jason. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? You can lose. Um, and I, I, I think more people need to take that advice. Well, I think one of the things that happens in Washington, uh, Jason, is that people get so addicted to whether it's the excitement, the power, the lifestyle, the, the glory, whatever it is, that losing an election is the worst thing they can imagine. And, and they do anything and, to cling to that, that lifestyle and that power. And once you go down that road, the game is up. I mean, that's it. If you get there and the first thing you think of the day after the election is, how do I stay here 30 years? The game is up. Now, that's that's a good thing. I was a lot of fun before running water, John. Uh, good thing about being 61 and getting elected, I don't have to worry about that. I'm going there three or four terms and I'm coming home. And why would you want to stay? I mean, seriously, if you get something done, come home. You, you hold your head high. If you don't get anything done in two, three, four terms, why would you want to stay? Yeah, then you should really come home. <laughs> so then you should really come home. So I, 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 I will say this. Waiting for me uh, turned out to be a really good thing, to get that perspective from uh, running a family business, from being in the media, dealing with the issues, uh, political and otherwise, for all these years, and then at the end of your career running to really get something done. And it's, it's a rather, you know, fortuitous time, given all of the things that are happening. But above and beyond that, just running at this age, being 61, I think actually has served me well. Now, let's talk a little bit about getting things done, because uh, when we have a Republican Congress, you know as well as I do, Jason, that the base is inevitably going to think that it's not getting enough done. Well, what do you think about yep. that? Uh, do you feel like the, the Republican Congress, since you uh, uh, got there in January, uh, has done enough? What kind of accomplishments do you see? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that's fine to try to find 
uh, to, to your brand, how the party should be portrayed, are we conservative enough, in going through those internecine and battles, if you will. But in the, in the minority, I think that's healthy. In the majority, at this, at this moment, we have an opportunity, a rare one with a very short window, to move the needle and get some things done. And so I, I do think there's been some misinformation out there, especially on the health care bill, as to what would be good policy and what wouldn't be. But, look, my job now as a legislator is not to let the perfect become the enemy of the good, John. We'd all like that. Your job is a running Powerline blog and a think tank and saying, look, in a perfectly free market, here, this is what we need and this is where we ought to be headed. My job is to head there. It's not, you're not going to overturn 100 years of the, of the welfare state in a week. It's going to take longer. So I, I do believe the health care bill, the American Health Care Act, was exactly something I talked about on the radio for 20 years. Tax parity. So if people buy health care individually, they get the same tax treatment as you get it to an employer-sponsored plan. Undoing the mandates, especially the age ratings and, and the price controls. And finally, since 1965, uh, effectively, de facto, uh, putting a limit on the federal taxpayer liability on Medicaid um, by per capita allotments and things like that. That has never been done. That's a good piece of work. And we just didn't message it well, and then we let the perfect become the enemy of the good, and you start to go to this group, and you go to that group. And I think that was a mistake, because everything is predicated on that going forward on tax reform, going forward on a few of the other things we're doing. Now, one other quick thing I will say is we've had a, a great success on deregulation. Uh, if you take a look at what we did the first six weeks on the 115th, using the Congressional Review Act, in which you can go back 60 days, so we had to do it right off the bat, 60 days to undo the Obama lame duck rules, passing the Reins Act finally, passing the Regulatory Accountability Act, which over trying to over overturn the Chevron Doctrine, which you know allows farmers and ranchers in in my district to be hauled into court, and then the the, the court has to defer to the agency definition of what the what is an interstate navigable waterway. Well, now it's a puddle in your farm field. Um, right. Overdoing all of those things, uh, that has been an untold success story. We had to do that first because the CRA has a 60-day time clock on it. And I think the CRA, the Congressional Review Act, I, I, th- I think the count is up to, what, about 11 major uh, regulatory oh, no, initiatives? It's, it's higher than that now. I think it's 15 oh, it is. Or okay. 16, but I'm not okay, 100% great. certain on that. Okay. So, but, but it's so, been a, a very, very productive uh, first six weeks with regard to getting a handle on the 3,400 federal proposed or final rules that, that are issued every year. Yeah, so one thing that the, the Republican Congress has done is to get rid of something like 15 or 16, whatever the count is, major regulatory initiatives of the Obama administration. And that, that's a, that's a very tangible step forward. Now, what about the RAINS Act? You mentioned well, I'll that. Give you, I'll give you one example. Let me give you one quick example of that sure. that you are familiar with. And the Center for the American Experiment in Minneapolis, St. Paul, has been very familiar with and done great work on and that's the Metropolitan Planning Organization Obama rule issued on December 19th that would allow these regional governments to expand across state lines. Uh, right. We we undid that. With First I offered a CRA, then we did it in an actual bill. So those are just some of the things that we've been doing and haven't gotten the attention of the conservative circles that probably they should have. Let's just take a moment, Jason, before we cut to a break to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the RAINS Act. You mentioned that. What, what exactly does that do? Well, only in Washington would $100 million be considered significant. $99 million, I guess, is insignificant. But the RAINS Act simply says that if a federal agency issues a regulation that has a significant impact, that being $100 million on the economy in costs or more, 
It has to have congressional approval. We have to have an up or down vote on it. Now, the good news about the RAINS Act and finally passing it in the House after all these years is that you can also undo that little measly $78 million uh, regulation uh, if, if, in fact, you have a positive vote to overturn it. But the other one's an opt-in. The other one has to have congressional approval. Mm-hmm. So we're talking with it's Congressman... Not, I mean, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, we're talking with Congressman Jason Lewis about his experiences as a freshman uh, member of the House in Washington. Jason, if you can stay with us through the break, we'll we'll pick it up after these messages. Happy to. The Laura Ingram Show.